We are going to talk about, we're going to read John chapter 12, a lot of it tonight. We're going to talk about the story, okay? And I want to give a little bit of lead up to it because something amazing happened before Jesus entered into Jerusalem. It's something that Jesus said everywhere that the gospel is preached, this would be mentioned, this would be spoken. And it's Mary pouring out the oil on Jesus' feet. And it's just such a beautiful picture of worship, of adoration of giving him your all okay so I just want to read I'm going to do something tonight uh if you don't know me you might not you won't be used to this but I do this thing every now and then called read preaching okay where I'm going to read and preach at the same time you just have to kind of fight off the whiplash okay so I'm just going to read it to you and preach it to you this is what it says we're going to start in John chapter 12 verse 1 through 8 it says six days before the Passover Jesus Therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. And Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who he, who he was who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having a charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Say, leave her alone. So that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor, the poor you will always have with you, but you do not ha always have me. He's saying, this is her anointing me for my burial. This is him saying, I'm about to die. I'm about to go to my death. And she perceived it. And this is what she was doing. I believe that Mary, just from this text, did not even have a full context of it. I believe it was one of those situations where she did something. And she just was moved in her spirit to do it. And then she found out why she did it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes God just moves you to do something. You're like, I don't know why I'm doing this crazy thing. And then God's like, oh, because of this. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I totally meant that by that thing. I totally meant that. No, I, I don't believe that was it. I believe that Mary was just like, I got to give this. And he's like, this was for my burial. And she's like, oh, that's why I did that. Wow, amazing. So isn't that beautiful how God just invites us into the process but doesn't give us the whole plan? And it's beautiful because it allows for this, this adventure with him. He invites you onto this journey, right? And he was saying, leave her alone because this was for me. You won't always have me. And I, don't want you, I just want to say a couple things about that. Judas obviously didn't have the right intentions. He was, he was bitter in his heart. Um, he was stealing. He wanted to sell the, thing, sell the jar so he could steal a little bit off the top, right? He was skimming off the top. And I think it's funny that Jesus put a thief in charge of the money bag. I think that's a little funny. I'm sure it wasn't out of ignorance. I'm sure, it, I'm sure he knew. You know, he's kind of like Alpha and Omega, <laughs> the one who knows all things. He, I'm sure, like, he didn't <laughs> see John write the Gospels and go, he was stealing? You know what I mean? Like, she's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't someone tell me? No, I'm pretty sure he knew Judas would steal, and he still gave him charge of the money bag. That's the kind of empowering leader we have at the helm here. He knows you're messed up. <laughs> he knows you got problems. He doesn't wait for you to get right to call you into his righteous plan. He doesn't wait for you to be perfect to be called perfect. <laughs> this is the scandal of grace. He does. He calls you into ministry. He calls you into servanthood. He calls you into partnering with him before you have anything figured out. I, don't, I have barely anything figured out, just so you know. 
The more I figure out, the less I figure out. <laughs> the more I find that I know, the less I find I know. I, the more I discover, the more I realize I don't know nothing. Seriously, because this thing is deep and wide and tall. Man, there are depths to this thing. You know, the way is narrow into the kingdom. But once you get through that narrow way of Jesus, it's really broad. And it's really high. And it's really deep. The kingdom isn't like right in that little corridor. No, that's the corridor into the kingdom. Once you're in, it's like, oh my Lord. Literally, oh my Lord. There's so much going on in here. Amen? So I barely know anything. I actually say, I don't know nothing. And I feel like this act of obedience speaks to those who might not know exactly what it's for, but you know the Spirit is calling you to it. You might not be able to balance the equation. Like, wow, I'm about to give my life inheritance. That was very likely her family inheritance. All that she had, the nicest thing she had. Even the jar itself was extremely expensive. So she gave her whole inheritance. That's a crazy offering. That's not emptying your bank account. That's selling all of your family's stuff and putting it in the plate, OK? That's everything. Her whole inheritance, not knowing what it was for. Come on. You might be like, Lord, I want to I say yes, but I don't really know how it's going to work out. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how it's going to work out. I just want your yes. I'm not going to give you the whole plan. If I gave you the whole plan, you wouldn't need my relationship anymore. You wouldn't need me anymore. You could just run off with the plan. I don't want you to run off the plan. I want you to run with me. That's the plan. He doesn't want you to run off with the blueprint. He wants you to run with him, who is the plan. He is the plan. The plan is to be with him. Amen? Come on. And Mary gave this sacrificial offering right before Jesus entered into Jerusalem. I think it's important. I think it's important. I think it's important that one of the most extravagant acts of worship was done right before the triumphant entry. One of the most extravagant acts of worship. And let me just say it this way. Extravagant acts of worship will all be, always be taunted by the legalistic spirit, the religious spirit. The spirit of legalism will always taunt the worshiper who's just given too much. Oh, that's just too much. All right, she is waving her arms. She's been waving her arms for the last 20 minutes. She has not stopped. That is too much. Oh, my Lord, that boy is singing as hard as he can. He is singing from his guts. That is just too much. Sebastian's up here singing from his guts. I don't know if you heard that. I heard that, like, his voice breaking. Said, oh, it's on. And he was like, come on, Sebastian. That's Mary. That's Mary. That's Mary kind of worship. That's my, that's the highest he can sing with all the air he's got. That's Mary. That's preparing the way for the Lord. That's the kind of worshipers the Lord wants to see rise up in the earth. Those who give him all. And they don't even get it. I don't even understand. This doesn't make sense. What am I going to get in return? I don't even know. But here's everything, Lord. Not even knowing the full purpose of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That kind of worship will always be ridiculed. Always. I've been in some places. I was thankfully not ridiculed for it. Um, in Miami. I was in Miami Saturday morning. And they started singing what a beautiful name it is. And there was something about the way they were singing it with just this adoration, this sweet. I, I could almost smell the, the, the perfume filling the house. You know, just like in this situation. I can almost smell it. You know, it was just so sweet. And it wrecked me, man. I am down front, boo-hoo, crying. 
and the whole room hears me. All right? I'm the speaker at the conference. Okay? They built a conference around me speaking. And I am down front. <laughs> like, could not. It just hit me deep, man. And I'm sure a few people were just like, that is too much. Calm down, bro. It's, they're not singing that great. It's not that, yeah, I don't know. That is too much. That's the religious spirit. The spirit of legalism said, we could have we sold that and given it to the poor. You just, you wasted that. That's right. I wasted it all on him. I'm here to waste it all on him. I'm here to waste my life on him. Every day of my life is his. It's all his. All. Amen? That's what I see here. And that's just beautiful that that's right before he enters in. Right before he rides in. Yeah? So let's keep uh, reading here. It says in John 12, verse 12 through 19, the next day... The large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took out branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out. And I'm going to read the Bible as it's written. Are you ready? It's not crying out, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. That is not what it says. It's not what it says. Let's be biblical in our reading here, all right? It says they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel! Thousands shouting like that. That's too much. Oh, why are they shouting like that? Ah, oh, I was making dinner. They scared me. I, oh, my gosh. I jumped. I was jumping. They're throwing off my, you've seen Emperor's New Groove. You threw off my groove, you know? You threw off my groove. Anybody know that movie? I love that movie. Yeah. Do, yeah. Beware of the groove. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure some people were startled by the hundreds at least of people shouting like that. Are you with me? Come on. This is a, you need to step in with your sanctified imagination. You know God gave you an imagination for a reason, right? So that you can imagine him, right? Imagine the Bible here with me. All right? They're shouting, and Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard that he had done this sign. Did you hear that? The reason the crowds came was because he had done something miraculous. The reason they came. That's why signs, wonders, miracles are still necessary. You want, you want an evangelism program? You ready? Raise the dead. That'll get, it, that'll get the room full. Huh? Uh-huh. Signs and wonders. Have testimonies of Lyme's disease. Have testimonies of brain aneurysms going away. Have testimonies of, of cancer healed. Ask Tracy. She, she catalogs this stuff. She's got a whole list of them. All right, you need to, you, you want to know if it's real. She'll tell you their names. She'll introduce you to them. Like, oh, yeah, this person right here, been healed. That's how you reach the world. It's the way Jesus reached the world. It's because of the sign, it says. That's the reason the crowd went to meet him was they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. When the enemy gets in the know, you know something's about to happen. All right, the whole world's gone after him. 
the Pharisee as, as people were not the enemy, but they were under the influence of the enemy. Amen? They were walking in partnership with the evil one. That's just the truth. Let me just say this right now, because I'm read preaching. I'm just saying what the Holy Spirit is saying tonight. I have zero notes. I have the scriptures. I have the scriptures. There are no notes, but the scriptures on my iPad. So this is completely for you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, this is for you. <laughs> this is completely for you. It says the whole world has gone after him. It says they're all coming after him. Oh, my gosh. You want the world to want Jesus? You need to act like Jesus. You want evangelism to be easy? You need to start walking in signs, wonders, miracle power. You want that to happen? It's his faith, not yours. Remember I taught last week that it's actually his faith. It's his gift of faith he gave you. Quit lowering the bar to the level of your experience. And let your experience come up to what he's called the church to do. These signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and then fully recover. Amen? They're going to follow you if you believe in the Son. It's about believing that you're like, I do believe in Jesus. They're not following me. Well, have you taken any risks lately? We spell faith R-I-S-K. All right? You take a risk. You step out. And you just see stuff happen. They follow you. Amen? Come on. That's how the whole world will go after him. So I'm going to read you um, John 12, 20 through 25. And it includes his first statements after entering Jerusalem. The first thing he says. So he rides in this amazing uh, situation with the palm branches and everything. Can you just see that? Day, can you see hundreds shouting? Can you see them waving? Oh, my goodness. Amazing, right? And then it says, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida and Galilee, and asked him, sir, we wish to see Jesus. Did you hear it? The whole world has gone after him. This is proof of it. The Greeks, not the Galileans, the Greeks say, we want to see him too. We're coming after him, right? This is fruit of that. So, um, sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Telephone game going on right there, you know. And Jesus answered them. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Say that with me. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Some people think and take this verse and go, see, this is all about he was looking for his death. He was looking forward to his death. No, he was looking forward to his glorification. He was looking forward to his resurrection. He started that way on purpose. Now has, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He was humiliated so that he could be glorified. He was stripped naked on the cross, just so you know. There, like None of our movies or anything does it justice. Psalm 22 says he was like a worm, not a man. Every bone out of joint. Isaiah says that he was so marred he didn't look like a human anymore. And you're like, oh, I don't want to think about that. You need to. That's the price that was paid. We're not talking about a little blood trickling down his hand from, no. It was, it was a bag of bones hanging. This is what, and you're like, this is R-rated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he became sin. He didn't just pay for your sin. He became your sin. So that he, we could become sons and daughters of God. Right? He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5. But he had to become your sin. He had to become the trafficker. He had to become the abuser. He had to become the rapist. He had to become the sinner. He without sin became sin. Come on. 
That was him becoming sin on the cross. Why? Just for that? No, so that he might be glorified. This was all about the resurrection. He says, if a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but, or it does not die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Say, it bears much fruit. You hearing what I'm saying right now? He knew he was heading to his resurrection. The cross was in the way. The cross was the way to the resurrection. Are you with me? I don't want anyone acting like he is on the cross this Friday. Because he is not. We remember what he did, but he is not on that cross. I don't want anyone weeping like he's in the tomb on Saturday. No, he is not in that tomb. We need to know he went there. We need to know he who ascended also descended into the depths of hell and led a host captives. We need to know that, but he is not there. He is risen. He is risen right now. It's actually Resurrection Sunday today, just so you know. Every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Tomorrow is Resurrection Monday. And Tuesday is Resurrection Tuesday. Did you know? I celebrate Resurrection Thursday every week. I do. Come on. That was the plan. He knew he was headed to the cross, but he knew he was headed to his resurrection. Amen? Come on. Let's jump down to verse 27. It, he's talking about all this. He's saying, now is the time has come. And then verse 27, John 12, 27 through 33 says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Listen to this. He says, my soul is troubled. I know what's about to happen. But what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. He's saying, this is my purpose. I'm not going to be asked to be saved. I'm probably going to talk about this on Friday, but I feel like you need it right now. That whole teaching that in the garden, he said, pass this cup from me. People teaching that that is him wanting out of the cross is not the truth. He was not wanting out of the cross. He wasn't saying, if there's another way. He knew the way was through the cross. He knew. He says right here, shall I ask to be delivered from this hour? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no way. For this purpose I have come. Come on. Hebrews uh, chapter 5, verse 7 through 8, I believe it is, says that in the days of his flesh, he cried out with loud groans and passionate cries that he might be delivered from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Was he delivered from death on the cross? No, he actually died. Where was he delivered from death? In the garden. I'm going to give you a revelation right now. He was crying out to be delivered from premature death surrounded by trees in private because he knew he was to be upon a tree in public. He said, I'm dying here. He's sweating blood. That's, that's a medical condition right before death. All right, his, his blood vessel, vessels are bursting. He's saying, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to die here in the private, surrounded by trees. I'm supposed to die in public upon a tree. He knew his purpose. He said, will I, be, will I ask the Lord to deliver me from this hour? No. No. He said, pass this cup of premature death from me. And he said, not my will, but yours. You know how I hear that? I don't have any other will than yours, Father. Their will is one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's saying, I don't have a will outside of yours, Lord. This is your will, that I go to the cross. Not that I die here. All right. I'm not talking about that tonight, but you needed it. Amen. So this is what happens when I read preach. It's just, bum, 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 bum. it's like spiritual ADD. I hope you're okay. All right. <laughs> 
It says, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Let's put that verse 27 through 33 back. And then it said, he said, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. Come on, imagine this stuff with me. A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Wow. Can you imagine, like, that voice coming out of heaven? Man, I want to watch the film when I get to heaven. I want to say, hey, play that part. Show me the movie. I got my popcorn. Show me when you said, I've glorified it. Show me, show me the faces of the people. When you cracked open the sky, put your face down there and spoke. Show me that. I want to see it. You know? Anyway, this is how my brain works. The crowd that stood there and heard it said it had thundered. You know, we should stop saying it's angels bowling. Anybody know that? Like thunders? We should start saying it's the Lord speaking. That's God speaking. That's the voice of the Lord. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't have time, but Judah, the other day, he was scared of the thunder, and I ran to his room because he was crying, and he goes, it's thundering, it's thundering outside. I'm like, I know. And he's like, he, he just said something so weird. He's like, my heart. It's like my heart, my heart. I'm like, your heart hurts. He's like, no, it's like my heart. Like, boom, 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 boom. But outside, I'm like, yeah, there's thunder in your heart. There's thunder in your eyes. Like, yeah, it's my heart. It's my heart thundering. It's my heart thundering. I'm like, who lives in your heart? He goes, Jesus. <laughs> I love that stuff. I didn't tell him. I said, who lives in your heart? He said, Jesus. I'm like, is that Jesus thundering in your heart? He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, so can you go back to sleep? He's like, uh-huh. I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Listen, that's the kind of kids we're raising up in TRP Kids. That's the kind of children that Pastor Philip and Paris is here. His wife is in the room right now. That's the kind of kids that they're raising up in TRP Kids. You think the kids at Wesley Chapel need to get here? You think they need to get here? Come on. I'm telling you what. Back to my notes, which are not notes. <laughs> the crowd said it thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. And listen to this. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now would the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show what kind of death he was going to die. By what kind of death he was going to die. Did you hear that? He said, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out when I am lifted up on the cross. Guess what? The world's already been judged. Guess what? The ruler of this world has been cast out. You're like, no, no, I've been in church for years. You're wrong. I know. You've been in church for years. You're wrong. When Jesus said it, says it, it's true. Come on. Listen, on the last day, the judgment day is not a judgment day for sins. Judgment day for sin already happened. It's a judgment day for belief. Did you believe Jesus or not? That's the only thing that's judged in that day. The last day, did you believe my son is who he said he was? Yes or no? That's all it is. That's sheep and goats right there. That's it. They're not going to play the highlight reel of your sins, you know, your most, your hundred top sins, like the YouTube clip. They're not going to do that. I go, oh, let's all watch Caleb's sinfulness on the big screen. No. Did you believe my son or not? Enter into the joy of your master. That's it. Why? Because sin has already been judged. You're worried about God judging you for your sin. He already did. 
<laughs> he already did. And guess what? You're not guilty because you have received the gift of that judgment. <laughs> Come on. We need to get a little more judgmental in church. We need to make better judgments. Those people are so judgmental. Yeah, we need to make better judgment, righteous judgments. It says, now is the judgment of this world. The world's been judged. Why are you judging them? The world's been judged. Why are we judging them? I don't judge the world. They have one judge. I, I break for this, the world. I don't blame a sinner. I break for a sinner. I don't blame an evil man. I break for that evil man. So you have no idea the price that was paid for you. You think he only died for the sins of the church? John 3.16, we love that one. We don't listen to it. For God so loved the church that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever in the church believeth upon him shall be saved and have everlasting life. That's not what it says. God so loved the world. Why are you judging them? Why are you judging the world? Don't judge the world. Invite the world into freedom. Invite them into the pleasure of God. Into the pure version of the perversion they're walking in. Come on. Jesus is literally the life of the party. He is the way, the truth, the life of the party. All right? He is the life. He's not a buzzkill. Jesus is not a buzzkill. He's the life of the party. I'm telling you, I've had way more fun with Jesus than I've had with the world. Come on, ask Dennis. He'll tell you. He'll lead you into a good time with Jesus. He's having his own little party over there right now. That's what you're all, that's your destiny in God right there. Just get a picture of your destiny right now. I'm giving you a vision of your future as you mature in the Lord. Okay? It's a party. That man walked into my office, saw a painting, and was like, oh, whoa. Oh, my goodness. Because it's an anointed painting. I look at that every day, and that's not my reaction. I'm like, I need to learn. Lay hands on me right now. I need to learn from this man. Come on. All right. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Come on. Say the ruler of this world has been cast out. You know he's defeated? Do you know he's defeated or not? Because we talk about the devil like he's got, a, he's got something going on. He ain't got nothing going on. The devil lives right here, y'all, right under my foot. And I don't have that big a shoe, all right? He lives right there. That is his real estate. Some, a lot of the church has a big devil and a small God. I forget the devil even exists half the time. I do. I'm like, oh, yeah, you? I forgot about you. Ha! <laughs> I just keep going. Yeah. You know, the power of ignore is, is like a really powerful weapon when it comes to the enemy. Enemy's trying to do something, you just ignore it. He's an egomaniac. So just quit giving him so much credit. He's been cast out. I call the devil nubby. Nubby. Because he's been disarmed and defeated. He's got nubs. Disarmed, defeated. He's nubs. He's just like, he's nubby. He's got a wicked tongue and that's about it. He's got a clever tongue. He can only deceive you. All right. 
Final verse. John, uh, we're going to jump back to John 10 just to underline and prove the point. Jesus knew that this was about the resurrection. I need you to process and I need you to value Good Friday, but I need you to put it in the right context. It's not the end of the story. It's the path to glory, all right? It, he knew he was going to rise again. John 10, two chapters earlier, John 10, 17 through 18, he says, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay down, lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. No one took Jesus' life. He gave his life. He gave up the ghost. No one took it from him. No one took it from him. You need this perspective this Palm Sunday, that he enters into Jerusalem looking for his resurrection. He entered in riding on a donkey, seeing the resurrection on the other side. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Amen? It was for the joy set before him that you would be one with him, that you'd be invited into his pleasure, that you would be part of the party on the third day. Amen? When he rose, you rose. Did you know that? When he died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he rose, you rose. When you say yes to Jesus, it's like the time-space continuum rips open, you know, and it's like, you're back there all of a sudden on the cross, and you die. And then you rise again, and then you come back to life over here. And it happens like this, bang, 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 real quick. And now you're a new creation. And it's like, it was a blink, like, bang, bang. But somehow, you went, died, buried, rose again, came back here you're living in this age but you're new that's the best way i can explain it you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like dr strange opens a portal and you step in you know and then you step out you know okay marvel fans all right i love to marvel before the lord with iron man with <laughs> but um yeah okay would you stand? I'm going to pray for you. I'm done. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope you're hearing a lens, a perspective, a vital perspective on what is actually happening this week. Jesus is marching towards his resurrection. Come on. Yes, I know he's marching towards his death. Okay? I know that. But he is not stopping there. <laughs> Come on. The church has got to stop acting like he's going to die every year. The church has got to quit expecting like God's going to die again this Friday. It's Good Friday. We got to be really sad on Friday. It's even sadder on Saturday because it's the darkest day in history. And then Sunday we can be happy again. No. He is in fact risen this Friday. He is in fact risen today. Amen. We need to remember it. We need to step into it, but with the right perspective. He was not heading to his death. He was heading to his resurrection. He was heading to his resurrection. He was heading to your resurrection. That was the joy set before him. Amen? 
Amen. So just pray with me. Just put your hand on your head or your heart or something and just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I choose to see the way you see. I choose to see this story in a new way. You are headed to your resurrection. It's all about releasing your resurrection power, your life on the earth. Thank you, God, for teaching me, instructing me in the right way to see your victory, a victory that overcame death, a love that is stronger than death. You laid down your life that you may take it up again. Say that with me. Pray it to the Lord. Lord, you laid down your life that you may take it up again. You knew you would take it up. You had the authority to take it up. And that is what we will focus on. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you, this was your plan and you know what you're doing. We bless the name of the Lord in this place. Come on, say it with me. We say Hosanna. We say Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Thank you.